Thank you for listening to the following films podcast. Today, my guest is John Paul Burkhart. He's an actor and producer known for Sick for Toys, Jersey Boys, and American Horror Story. I had him on the show today to talk about his latest film, Roadhead, which is currently available on Amazon Prime. I'm not sure how you describe this film. Um, If you enjoy the work of John Waters, I think you'll be safe with this one. If you like Rocky Horror Picture Show, um, Evil Dead 2, perhaps. Um, There's another film that came to mind while I was watching this. While tonally, um, it's different, but I feel like if you like it, you'd probably be okay. You'd be in safe hands here. Uh, There's a film, it's called uh, Psycho Beach Party. And if you've seen that movie, I and you enjoyed it, I think that you'd probably be safe with Roadhead. Um, Listen to the conversation, see if it's something that might be interesting to you. Uh, If so, it's currently available on Amazon Prime. want to thank Bookmans for sponsoring the show today, and thank uh, Fort Worth for letting us use the song at the end. Enjoy the show. Hi. There we go. I I think we're good now. How are you doing today? I'm pretty good. Uh, Yeah, I'm a little tired. Uh, we had our our uh, screening last night, our uh, casting crew screening, and we celebrated a little late last night. And then I had to get up and return stuff this morning and do stuff. So I'm um, I'm doing okay. I'm a little tired. <laughs> I, I could only imagine just from seeing this particular film from the outside that this would be a group of people that would be a lot of fun to have a uh, a- after party with. Yes, uh, there were uh, our. Uh, uh, drag queen in the film, um, Misty Violet. Uh, she brought several of her friends um, and they all came in spectacular drag, which was so much fun. And then of course, everybody else just had a blast uh, dressing up and just, you know, it was just nice to get everyone there again together. <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean, it, there was a time not that long ago where it, we weren't sure if we'd be able to have in-person screenings like this. So this is great that yeah. is this the first time for you to be back in a, kind of theater like that and to have this uh, as the occasion would be pretty great. Yeah. This, this was the the first time I was back in a theater. Uh, although tonight I'm seeing quiet place too, which I'm really excited about. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, masked and all, but, uh, yeah, no, um, no, it was great. It was, it was really fun to, you know, have the premiere or the cast and crew screening and let it be the, you know, the first time back in theaters. That's awesome. And is this, God, I'm so jealous of being able to see this even in that environment, to see this in, with a crowd. This is the kind of movie that demands an audience to be seen with. I, It really has that kind of midnight movie. And I don't mean, I mean that as the greatest compliment and in that, in, in that Evil Dead 2 Rocky Horror kind of John Waters movies that I grew up with, the things that really just made me realize that there, there was, you could do just some weird, fun, fucked up things with movies. And it absolutely... <laughs> I wish I was a teenager again, discovering this movie for the first time. Cause it's, it's such, it's such a wonderful little film that is as gory and graphic as it could be, but I, there's like a sweetness underneath it in a really weird way. Um, and I think that's probably the performers coming through. So could you just talk a little bit about the uh, um, I'm all over the place, but I just, I love the movie. So can you talk a little about where this idea came from? Um, sure. Um, I guess back in 2017 ish, uh, me and a, a couple of friends were just sitting around chit-chatting about um, what we were going to do next, what our next movie was going to be. And uh, I made a joke. I was like, well, hey, you know, Roadhead would be a great hashtag. And so we should just make a movie and call it Roadhead. And we joked about it for, I don't know, a few months. And then we kind of started like kind of stabbing in the dark and 
finally, I just, uh, we knew we, we, we wanted to try and make this because we were coming up with some pretty good ideas. And, and so we hired our writer, uh, Chloe Skye, and um, we gave her the outline of, okay, it takes place in the desert and there is a killer and all they ever find are the people's heads. Go. And she was like, she was, she just asked a few questions and she was like, so I can, I can do whatever. And I said, yeah. So she wrote this wonderful story and uh, she wrote the screenplay. And then we just, we just gave her notes. Like at one point um, I, I asked, I said, can we put a drag queen in the film? And she said, huh, sure. <laughs> she was like, I'll figure that out. And she did, she, she did it in the most. And I have to say though, the, reading just reading the script it's a very strange read you just you're reading it going what <laughs> but um my buddy my buddy david del rio uh he directed our our first feature sick for Toys, mm -hmm. and he's he's just one of our best friends and so we handed him this and said would you like to do this we'll pay you a little bit more it'll be fun and and he just jumped right into it and he's great uh actually uh, we all call him ddr and david del rio Mm -hmm. And uh, he's just a ball of energy. Like he's just really fun to be around. He knows exactly what he wants. He came, uh, I think, to one of the first meetings with all the blocking and everything all written out. And just like he's he's a wonderful director and he's so much fun to be around on set. Um, and he really knows how to pull great performances. Uh, he directed me in Sick for Toys. And and I mean, he took me to some really dark places. And likewise, he took these people some really dark yet ridiculous places. And um, so I guess uh, we, we, we actually we started funding and then uh, we set dates because we felt great about funding. And then uh, we weren't able to get all of our money. So we had to postpone production, I think, for three or four months because uh, we were originally going to shoot, I believe, at the end of one year, like I can't remember. But anyway, we postponed to summertime, um, which wasn't great because <laughs> it was so hot. It was like 100, 108 every day. And I mean, we planned for it. So we constantly made runs, find people, icy treats. And we had so much water, which we drank every bit of. And overall, it was hot, but we all made it out alive. And I think we all had a pretty good time. Yeah. Where did you shoot this? Because it's the it's beautiful. It looks amazing. Yeah, we've had uh, a few articles that have uh, or reviewers that have said, well, you know, some of this is green screen. It's not. It looks like the Salton Sea to me, almost. It, just the, how flat it is with the the yeah. mountains in the background. Where where did you shoot it though? It is right outside of Barstow, about thirty okay. minutes outside of Barstow. Uh, it's actually a property that we had used for one of our short films. And there's this great guy named Kelly who owns a piece of it. And he sat out there with us the whole time. And he sat out there at night and guarded our stuff with his guns. It's it's the Wild <laughs> West out there. But it's it's really close to Fort Irwin, uh, which okay. is a military base. Mm -hmm. And we had several uh, military guys show up at random times being like, y'all are making a movie? Do you, do you need actors? And we were like, no, we're good, but thanks. <laughs> It, it almost seems like the kind of production where you could have randomly had military people show up for no apparent reason, because the way the story unfolds, it really, it, it, I mean, the humanity of it, the characters that while everything that's happening in the field, though it, it's takes place in another universe, but every, the emotionally it's very honest, which doesn't make sense for a movie that's this absurd. But it, I think that that their performances and 
that grounding of their performances really does sell this and make it so you're invested in these characters. Um, but yeah, it's this kind of film where, yeah, suddenly you're in this post-apocalyptic world where these were, I don't want to give away how they end up where they are and the way the story changes its focus throughout. Cause one of the joys I think is seeing where it goes, but really you could have ended on a military base and it would have felt like, okay, that, that makes sense for this movie. Yeah. I mean, uh, there was any, actually there was, um, uh, the uh, it wasn't the final scene. It was the the one of the the middle scene that actually uh, takes place. It, it actually I think we said it in the actual middle of the the, the desert. But um, oh no, it's the uh, it was the trailer the trailer park stuff. Um, mm-hmm. That was one of our last locations to find, and our poor writer kept having to rewrite scenes because we kept going and finding locations, and then somebody would find something wrong with it. Our wonderful DP Ryan would. Say no, you see, you, you can't show this side, you can't show this side. This is gonna work. We had this, we had this wonderful spot. It's an old abandoned water park um, out. I can't remember, but it's it's out in that general direction. And we were trying to shoot there, and because it's just so cool and weird, um, mm-hmm. but it just did not work. And I like what we came up with, though. Uh, I will say that that big camper that we shot in. Um, has been abandoned for years. It's a part of a ranch. A guy tried to build a, a horse ranch in the desert and there's no water, so it didn't work. But he just left and left everything there. And we found it several years ago when it was first abandoned and it was still pretty new. And now it's just, it's it was just a mess. We had to clean all sorts of animal stuff oh. out of it. And I mean, it was crazy, but you know, art, art did a wonderful job. <laughs> Um, thank you, Petra and Edward. Um, but uh, yeah, they did a great job. But that was actually there, and I'm sure it's still there. Probably still covered in our in our blood. So. Today's episode of the Following Films podcast is brought to you by Bookman's. So my 10 year old son will be turning 11 this month, and he's a member of the Bookman's Kids Club. All you have to do, sign up, fill out a little postcard, and then around your birthday, uh, they send you out a $10 gift card, and you can use it on anything in the store. They also give you a discount whenever they come in, and they're a member of the Kids Club. So he was able to get a copy of, I believe it's NBA 2K21, if I'm not mistaken. It's Xbox One game. I'm completely clueless um, when it comes to both sports and video games, so something's way outside of my wheelhouse. He was able to get that, and when I walked in, I went over to the vinyl, started looking around, and I was able to pick up a copy of the Beach Boys Pet Sounds on vinyl, which I personally think that um, God Only Knows is probably one of the most beautiful songs ever written, so being able to sit down and listen to that on vinyl today when I got home just really has put me in a great mood and a great way to kind of kick off my weekend so remember bookman's they have your cool oh my gosh i can't speak remember bookman's they have your cool covered how do you describe this film because i can't get my head around how to sell this to people um it's almost like something that you need to be in a video store where you could see the recommendations wall and you would find the person that had this the oddball those choices that are up there and you'd say, Oh, okay. That person, that's somebody who I trust their taste. So I would go with that. Um, how would you describe this movie to somebody? Oh gosh, I should be able to answer that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, how would I describe this? Well, I mean, I, we, I usually tell people, you know, it's a, it's a horror comedy or I say it's an LGBTQ horror comedy. 
Um, but I don't know. I mean, it's it's funny because the uh, the tone of it, I mean, it's a comedy, but it's I, I've read some reviews that, you know, use the word slapstick, which I'm fine with. Um, but it's really I, I truly believe like this is how these characters would react in this situation. Like whenever yes. Damien screams and all willy nilly, like <laughs> yeah. I, I, that's how his character would have would react in this. Um, so I don't know. I think I would just. I would. Oh, I you're the second person that has said um, has compared it to some John Waters work, especially some of the earlier John Waters stuff. Yeah. And I love that because I'm a huge John Waters fan. I actually got to meet him once years ago. But um, oh wow, yeah. I yeah, he's had a big impact on my life. I'm a huge fan. So. I went to uh, he had an art show. He's an artist and mm-hmm. does lots of interesting stuff. And I went and saw his art show and got to got to meet him. He'd never remember me, but yeah. But uh, I I guess I would now liken it to uh, some of John Waters' early work. Yeah, I I hope that would get people more or less excited. Well, it's, it is, it gets that in that, it plays in that same sort of area, but the thing that, and I I think that's the sweetness also, the thing that I think people often miss about John Waters' work is there's an affection he has for all of his characters. You can feel that he's never turning his nose up at the people that he's shooting. You know, he, he had genuine affection for divine. There was no question about that. Um, And, and he would take those outcasts, those oddballs, those outsider artists, and he, those were his people. And I, I think that you feel that with these characters because I, the one way that I judge any horror film, the kind of first rule for me is, it, would it work if you remove the horror from it? Because I think if you're focused too much on the horror element of it, then there's no character, there's no story, there's no substance, you don't care. And this film could have really just been a stage play about these three characters getting lost in the desert in the beginning <laughs> of it. And I would have been fine with it. I, I genuinely enjoyed it. And so I think that you you nailed it in that way. Well, thank you very much. It takes a village. <laughs> <laughs> and so and in and I don't mean that as a uh, I mean that's a compliment when I say that it feels very theatrical in that way, because there were times where it did feel like, okay, I could see how you could have done this in a black box where these elements are almost secondary to it where you could just move it's because you kind of move through these different set pieces and these different locations and it stays there focuses for a moment. And then it's something happens off screen, pulls them to the next scene. And it, it, I just, i I love that about it because it did feel like this was something that was so deeply based in the character work and the humanity that I, I I'm just giddy for this thing. I just, I just finished it for the second time an hour ago and this is one of those ones that I've just really, this is the reason that I started doing this podcast um, was to try to turn people on to things that they might miss. And this is one of those movies that they, if the tagline or the movie, the the joke of the name, the devil play there um, that this was built on, if that might turn them off, I, I want them to know that, no, there's actually something here that's really fun. Now, if you're offended by a dick joke, this is not the movie for you. This, this is definitely a crass movie. But it's also, I think there's more to it than that. Yeah, no, agreed. Thank you so much. That's very nice of you to say. And, and thank you for the support. Um, yeah, I mean, we, I definitely think that um, the movie that we originally wanted to make or that we were originally going to make with the smaller budget that we had originally pitched uh, and then 
um, DDR and, and Chloe and our DP Ryan all kept working together and they kept coming back and go, no, no, we need more money. And it just, it became a smarter story. And then as soon as we hired these wonderful actors, uh, it just became, I don't know, more, more human, even though it's ridiculous. It just oh, yeah. became like, it's almost Dadaistic, but like, yeah, it's just, I don't know. It, I, I think it, I think it has a lot of humanity in it. <laughs> I think Roadhead has a lot of humanity. <laughs> it sounds ridiculous, but if you think about there's there's an uh, there's a motif in the film of dealing with grief and loss and um, with relationships and the conversations that we have with ourselves that you know you can hold on to that person <laughs> for that moment and they're still there for you in that moment and that's something that's actually the that that's brought throughout and then it wraps up beautifully in the end in this little moment. And then of course you have to pull the rug out from under that moment beautifully as well, but it is something that it works better than it should. Honestly. Yeah. There's a lot of folks that have not, not enjoyed the ending. And honestly, I'm fine with that because um, you know, especially in the world we live in today, a lot of the times the good guys don't win or the no. good guys don't win. And uh, we just wanted to make sure that everyone knew that. <laughs> well, it's almost like the the order of it is the most redemptive person goes out first and then you build them up. And then as they have the character has their redemptive arc, they're gone. And it just keeps working through that cycle. And when they get to that place, it's like, okay, your work here is finished and they're done. So if you're thinking about it in that way and sort of a Buddhist approach to it, they re they fully are realized that they think they're off immediately. So yeah, it's, we had a, Oh, go ahead, please. Oh no, no. Uh, you said, uh, I was just going to say it's, um, it, it's much smarter than I think people might initially give it credit for. And, and that's, I I think that's why I connected with it so deeply. Cool. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, we just had a blast making it. I mean, it was hard. It's the hardest thing I've ever done yet. But it's uh, like I slept in the um, I slept in the makeup and costume trailer on on set every night because we had to. We rented so much equipment because our DP. It's why it looks so beautiful. We rented uh, 1.5 million dollars worth of equipment to make this thing. Like we had everything we needed, but. The deal I made with insurance is somebody had to be with it at all times. So I just slept right next to it every night on a little twin. And then every day I would I would put my little twin air mattress. It was under the costumes next to the makeup in the makeup and, uh, wardrobe trailer. And I would just get rid of that and put it in my car and then work. Well, um, there's there's elements of it where you can watch it and say that there's the location is doing some of that work where you chose this beautiful area to shoot this film in um that is just gorgeous and using using daylight for it is just i think really smart because a lot of times films like this they'll take place in the dark and you see what it was like when you're shooting in this in the dark and then once you bring the light to the reality of the situation it's just it, i think it lends itself to making it a little bit more intense uh, because there's nothing that's hiding in the shadows in that way i i appreciate a, a horror film that's right there in front of you and i I, I, but that's not just the, the location doing that work. Clearly the DP and director had a vision for this because the way that you move through it, both you watch the way that the light is consistent throughout this. And it's just um, the, the sound mix on it is really good. This is, it's, this is a carefully made movie. And most times when you have films like this, of this ilk, they don't, they're not made with this high a quality. So it's, it's just something that um, I think it shows for the people that are paying attention. They'll, even if they don't, 
realize it, they won't be distracted by it. So they won't even know that it was, wasn't there. The, the normal telltale signs of low budget horror of, yeah. and you, you mix that on with like low budget queer horror, which when that goes onto it, usually there's just, it's the funding isn't there. So you can't do it. So it's kind of almost have to give it a pass and say, well, they were doing the best they could. And there's this, these nuggets here that I can hang on to, if that makes sense. It does. No, we were we were we were really smart with our budget. I mean, we we planned everything out from the very beginning. Like uh, we planned post out to the to the very end, and we were very fortunate to work with, especially um, uh, Ando, who who did our uh, sound design. And he's I got he's worked on um, Spider Verse and The Nun and It Chapter Two. Like he worked <laughs> on all those films. So. I mean, we were really pleased uh, to get him to work on the film, but also, I mean, everyone else. Um, Mark Wilkins is our colorist, and he's uh, he's wonderful. I, I think he's about to retire, actually, but he um, he just made our film uh, even more beautiful than it was. He took all the green out from the van. Every time <laughs> they were in the van, the the green van it just made everything green. So we had to take all this green out, but it looks great. It looks great. I agree, and. So will you be getting a theatrical run with this or um, is this something that's just going to be to VOD? It'll right now it's the plan. It's, it's just streaming. Um, we're looking at the possibility of DVD and Blu-ray very soon. Um, Good. But right now uh, it won't go to theaters, which I, I think, I mean, I don't think, I don't know if it would make a ton of money, especially right now, but I agree with what you said earlier that uh, this, uh, this is the first time I watched it with a bigger audience. We, 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 we played it a couple of film festivals, but like we played at Cinequest right at, in March of 2020. And that's, you know, whenever all the COVID craziness started and we literally got to Cinequest and they had canceled the second week. And so nobody came and there was like five or six people in every screening and all the filmmakers were drinking and just upset <laughs> no one was coming to their films and all the, the press, the only press people that were there were upset because they didn't have anything to like, it was just, so this was the first time to see it in a big, with a, a bigger audience. And yeah, uh, there was consistent laughter. People laughed at stuff I never thought was funny before. Like there was, it's a good audience film. So I, I would vote yay to try it out in a, a limited theatrical release but you know that's not not totally my call <laughs> well no uh, yeah and i mean th- but this is the one of those ones that i could imagine people going back to and revisiting saying oh i need to bring people with me to see this and it's kind of it is one of those ones that will spread in that way and bod blu-ray DV- i'm sure it'll spread that way anyway but man i would love to see this for those moments that like you were saying that i did i've seen it twice now and I'm sure there's stuff that I that seeing it with an audience, they would laugh at things that I may not have necessarily laughed at. But there are moments here that both times I was laughing out loud at. And that's rare when I'm watching something in the middle of the afternoon by myself for me to actually laugh out loud at something. So you got something special here, man. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. So when and where should we send people to find out more information about the movie? Um, you can go to, uh, terror films, um, their website, or, um, we have a, a great Instagram, uh, roadhead kills because it does. And, uh, and yeah, we have a Facebook page, but that's, I have a trouble with Facebook, <laughs> Yeah, uh, but yeah, uh, I would direct people to, to, yeah, to our Instagram page, um, to Amazon prime where it's available now and it'll be everywhere else tomorrow. So. Perfect. Well, congratulations. And 
thank you so much for taking the time to do this day. I really do appreciate it. Thank you for inviting me. It was just a pleasure to chit chat with you, man. Yeah, you as well. And and I got to say, when you said that Roadhead was the hardest thing you've ever done, I really did have to bite my tongue until this exact moment not to jump on that and make the dumbest pun of my life. So, but I couldn't completely let it go because I know that when I have to listen to this again, I would just, I, I wouldn't have forgiven myself for, yeah, just letting the low fla- the low lying fruit hang like that. It, it was tricky. It was tricky. <laughs> Well, cool. Thank you so much. And, and congratulations. And I'm definitely looking forward to whatever's coming up next because I, yeah, I'm a fan. This is, this is great. So I'm wanting to see whatever you guys, I hope the crew that you're putting together here with you and David and everybody that you're going to work, continue to work together. Cause you got something. Absolutely. Fun. Yeah. And once you get a good team together that, and you all get along, it's, it's, it works. It's good. <laughs> Yeah, you kind of you have your little repertory company that you can a lot of the getting to know you stuff is out of the way and you can just get in and do something like build a movie around um, a joke, which I love. So that's fantastic. (laughs) Awesome. Thanks again, man. And hope you have a great day. Oh, thank you. You too. Bye bye. Thanks. Um, Bye bye. Time enough to figure you out. Time enough to write this down Wish me luck, give me hope
voice crack.